0: you. Hello. <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, I might pray to start if that's all right. Mm. Uh, yeah, the phrase I've got in my head this morning for some reason is, alike in dignity. And I thank you, God, that you made us all alike in dignity. I thank you that um, despite our, even though of our failings and that we're so imperfect. As John said, you see your perfection in us that you've bestowed on us, but that you give us dignity and respect and you give us the freedom of choice. The way you are with us, God, is, is wonderful. It's beyond what we could imagine. You know, We're taught to treat others as we want to be treated, but you treat us even better than we want to be treated if truth is the truth is known. And I just pray that, um, yeah, just thank you so much for that. And we pray that we would just get to know you more and more, that we would uh, be able to see ourselves through your eyes and see others through your eyes. And thank you that um, everything is so much more beautiful when we are walking according to your way. You know what you're doing. <laughs> you made all of this in the first place. So just just lead us and guide us, Lord. Today and throughout the week as well, Lord, Amen. Right. So we've kind of been um, we've been following Acts even while we've been on Zoom. But um, then some weeks where we'd normally have like a first Sunday or something, we've just uh, done something that kind of came to us. So we are still following Acts uh, mainly. So we're looking at Acts again today, and we're in chapter nine, verses thirty-two to 43. So I'm going to read that out first. I've got it in the ESV version. Now, as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived in Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose, And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa... And she opened her eyes, and when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. So, yeah, here we're, we're back with Peter. Um, the last time we saw Peter, he was... Uh, rebukings, I think it was Simon the sorcerer, who had wanted to buy the gift of being able to lay hands on someone and give them the Holy Spirit. Um, and he wanted to buy that, and Peter had told him in no uncertain terms that that was not how it worked. Um, and then after that, since then, we've seen Paul, and we've seen Paul becoming a believer, and the beginning of his journey. And now we're back to Peter again. So it seems like Peter, he was traveling around, um, and he was probably preaching, he was obviously healing people, and visiting believers. Um, and here we see, as, as we've mentioned before, what Jesus had said about the gospel going you know, throughout Jerusalem, into Samaria, and into the rest of the world. This is happening um, at this point. Um, now, I think it kind of is testament to just how groundbreaking the book of Acts is, that this passage feels quite normal, It's quite a normal passage. Um, It doesn't doesn't feel too shocking or surprising, even though it includes the healing of a paralyzed man and the raising of someone from the dead. Of course, we've got Peter in this um, in this passage, and he was living a a radical, devoted life. He has given his whole life to God. He is travelling around; it's all about the gospel for him. Um, But we come across in this passage these normal believers the ones that he's visiting. And it's quite important, as um, Tom Wright says in his book that we're following, this is quite important that um, Luke takes the time to show us people like this, as well as these amazing apostles. He's showing us the normal believers who are around. And they are really important. The majority of believers are going to be normal people who are living normal lives you know, in their communities. And if you just think about it practically, in order for us to have people, you know, apostles, missionaries, those people go out and they do these amazing things, and that's great, but actually, often, it's the ordinary people at home who are funding these people and who are um, offering hospitality. You know, they had open homes so that people could come and visit them, and that is a really important role, too. And also, there's the fact that um, when you live in a community, when you're a person from that community, the the influence you can have on a community is huge, and it's long-term. Um, I met a guy when I was in Romania, and he said to us, if you really want to be a missionary in a place, you need to live there and have kids. You need to put down roots, and then you will bring real change. And I often think of that. So there's that, that, that normal person living their life for God that has a huge impact on the community. Um there's also the fact, obviously, here, that we've got Aeneas, who people would have known for eight years he was um, paralyzed. They knew him, and now they see that he is healed. And it says that loads of people became believers because of this. And the same with Dorcas. People knew her. She was well-known as a kind woman. So people who would know, have known her, they known that she died. To see this transformation in her life, that had a massive impact on those around her. And, of course, there's with Dorcas, too even before her resurrection and the testimony that that brought, it's the fact that she was uh, just did so many acts of kindness, good acts to those around her. She was well-known, and she was living the gospel um, and speaking of the gospel through just the way she lived her life. And it's really important. We do need people like Dorcas, um, that you know, just by their lives they are speaking about the good, goodness and the kindness of God. I do think when I was reading this, and we often talk about that, about the actions that we have um, for God, and that is really good. But we have to make sure that we don't neglect the words that we use too. Um, we can often make a bit of excuses for ourselves, but actually, we need to be careful that we aren't more aware and we don't care more about what other people think about us than we do about what God thinks about us and about the acceptance of other people above the acceptance we already have in God Um, and I was thinking also about how sometimes we think maybe the actions are safer, you know, it is good to do kind works, maybe we think they're safer maybe we'll be more accepted, but this isn't actually always true Um, to to act out of the blessings that God has given us, to be a blessing because we have been blessed is wonderful and it's a testimony of God but it won't always get you in people's good books, actually people are looked at as do-gooders There's goody two-shoes. But the thing is that we do these things because of what God has done for us. Whether we are accepted and um, whether those things are received well or whether they are rejected and we're ridiculed, it is a testimony to live in a way that shows the goodness of God to others. Yeah, I, I was thinking as I was reading this as well, I think often when we read Act, it is a very exciting book um, and we can get wrapped up in the kind of the radical side of things, the things that the apostles were doing. And this is wonderful. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of those truths. But if we're not careful, um, I, I know maybe as a, a younger believer, I think sometimes I got so, um, so interested in these things that people were able to do and some people are still doing, that I kind of was expecting and hoping on those things. And I didn't always notice what was right in front of us. And God has prepared good works for us, right where we are right now. And we must not neglect those things. Um, I was reminded of Mother Ter- a quote from Mother Teresa, where she said, we, are, we may not all be able to do great things, but we can all do small things with great love. And um, I think it just goes to show in this chapter that the, disciples, the, the believers were all referred to as saints. And it wasn't just that the apostles were the saints, The normal believers were saints too, and to be a saint means to be holy. It means to be set apart for God. And it doesn't matter if you're, you know, maybe in ministry, your whole life is as a pastor or whatever, where you're going for God all the time and your job's that and everything, or whether you're living a normal life, you are a saint. You are set apart for God, and you can live to God. Um. Right. And when, I read, so when I read this um, passage, I found it really interesting how much it made me think about Jesus' healings. Of course it's going to, because um, you know, they're all healings in the Bible by the, the power of, of Jesus' name, by the power of God. Um, and the, the thing to remember as well is that Peter is doing these healings. Peter was there. Peter was there the three times that Jesus raised people from the dead. Peter was there probably for most of, if not all, of the healings that Jesus performed. So, of course, there's going to be some similarities, but there are also some differences. So, I just wanted to have a quick look at that. So, if you look at the, uh, the healing of Aeneas, you'll notice, and you notice in a lot of the healings in, uh, the, in Acts, that um, Peter heals him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And obviously, that's a difference. Jesus used to just be like, You're healed. Um, because he had the power of God in him, because he was the Christ. Um, Whereas Peter and the other apostles and disciples, they pray in his name. Um, So that's obviously one difference. But one uh, similarity that I noticed that I thought was quite interesting was that um, when Peter heals Aeneas, he says to him, Rise up and roll up your sleeping mat. And it reminded me, I thought about it, and I looked back through the Bible, and I noticed that um, Jesus says something very similar a couple of times. When he prays for um, the man at Bethesda in John chapter 5, verse 8, he says, get up, take up your bed, and walk. And then it's the same, uh, similar in Luke chapter 5, verse 23, where, you know that guy, the lovely story of the guy who was lowered through the ceiling by his friends? When he is healed... Jesus says to him, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And I really like this. I've heard people talk about it a bit before, but it kind of struck me again, where it's, I love the way Jesus gives them something to do, and Peter does the same thing. Um, These people have been victims. These people have been people who haven't been able to look after themselves, whether it's for eight years, or just, you know, in her death for Dorcas. Um, But he gives people something to do. He Gives them something active to do. And I do do think that is part of how God is with us, that He empowers us. And that He is, when He gives us a new start, we go from being passive to being empowered. And I know that some people have gone too far down that road. I think some people are a bit like, well, God saved you. Now you've got to sort it out for yourself. Um, You know, grow up. Um, But actually, we are called to walk. In step with the Spirit the whole time. We can't do any of this on our own. We couldn't save ourselves and we can't carry on this walk without Him either. So we are meant to do it in step with Him. But amazingly, He has just, He makes us co workers with Him. He makes us co laborers. He lets us get involved and get active in following Him and bringing His kingdom. And I really love that. And I think that is such a, a big part of the message that He brings. He gives us dignity. So then if I was looking at, when I was looking at the healing of Dorcas, the, the raising from the dead of Dorcas, um, one of the, the things I noticed, which I, was a similarity with some of Jesus' healings, which I really liked, was that you notice that they, 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 uh, the believers have come across difficulty, trouble. One of their believers has died. And the thing that they do is they call for Peter. And you see that a lot with Jesus oh my goodness, we can't fix this, call for Jesus. You know, bring him here, he can, he can fix it. Um, and the same thing is happening here with Peter. And I really like that. And I, it's something that I really hope is true for me and is true, true for us as believers, that we would be people of hope, people that would be called on when people face troubles. Now, sometimes that will be to pray for someone who's ill. Um, I've had that happen before, and it's an amazing privilege. But sometimes it is just, you bring hope by bringing comfort. You know, we're told to weep with those who weep. And that is really powerful. We're called to that. Um, so we are people of hope that are called in when people are facing troubles. And I think that's really important um, for us today. And the other thing I really liked about this is that, uh, not probably not every single time, but with Jesus, often he was called when people were very ill or just before they died, but they had the faith to call on Peter when she was, when was already dead and they still thought it was urgent that they should call on him. Um, and I just thought, wow, that's a, that's a high level of expectation there. That shows a great faith. And what we learn from the Bible is that when people ask with faith, they often receive. If you don't ask, you won't get. If you do ask, you may well get. Um, so, the the difference that, no, one of the similarities, rather, I did notice with Dorcas' um, raising from the dead to, to some of Jesus' miracles, um, yeah, one of these uh, similarities was that, I don't know if you remember when Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead, and he gets there, and he's been called earlier, but she's already dead when he gets there. Um, and that's in Matthew chapter 9, verses 23 to 26. But... What Jesus does in that passage is he clears all the mourners out. He tells them to go away. And that's kind of similar to Peter clearing the room. He asks everyone to leave. The thing is, though, that the mourners that Jesus cleared, um, I don't know if you know, but they used to employ, in Jewish culture, they would employ mourners who would come in and they would wail. And they would mourn loudly. And it basically just gave permission. On one level, it gave permission to the family to be able to mourn as they wished. They didn't have to worry. As it's really sad, but in our culture, people feel embarrassed to cry at a funeral, and that shouldn't be. Um, but people, they were allowed to. They could because there was someone already setting that that bar very high. So when Jesus cleared these people, you know, you wonder whether maybe it was partly because. Maybe they were distracting. Maybe their mourning wasn't sincere. Um, also, you know, he does say, she, uh, he said about Jairus' daughter, um, she's not dead, but she's sleeping. And they laughed at him. So there wasn't a great amount of faith going on in that room right then. So maybe that is why he cleared them out of the room. But he did allow the family to stay, and he did allow the, um, the disciples to stay. So he didn't completely clear the room. Whereas Peter he got everyone to leave. And I was just wondering why that was, because as well, you know, these widows who, are, who have shown him the tunics that, that Dorcas has made, like they, their grief is sincere. They are sad, she meant a lot to them. So I just wondered why he would clear the room. I read around about it a bit. Um, one thing that people think might be true is that maybe he needed some quiet. Maybe he just needed to get rid of any distractions. Um, at first, I, th- I think I thought that maybe I wouldn't really imagine that would be true of Peter because, you know, he's been doing some pretty amazing healings in public. He doesn't seem to have been worried about um, being distracted when he preached to, to thousands of people and when he healed other people. Um, so, in a way, I thought, well, I can't really imagine that. But, but then I did think about the fact that when you first try stuff with God, sometimes you are easily distracted. So... For example, when you're first getting to know God, you often need absolute quiet. When you're first trying to really connect with the Spirit, most people I would think would go off on their own and they would try to get rid of all distractions so that they could hear God. And then as you do that more and more, you get more used to it. You, you train yourself to be able to hear Him. And then you can hear Him in church. Then you can hear Him when you pray for somebody in church. Or you can, pray, you can hear Him when you're praying for somebody on the street. And For Peter, you know, he was on that journey. I would have imagined he'd already got to the point where he was comfortable wherever he was to pray and to listen for what God was saying. Um, But this is the first time he raised someone from the dead. So it may be that this was a big step for him. It might have been that he wanted to get rid of distraction. I was thinking about this, the way that you have to get used to new things. I was thinking about Zoom, how um, obviously we have these distractions, we have things that make us uncomfortable, but actually, throughout history, Christians have overcome all the barriers. Um, you, we can just train ourselves to hear God, no matter what's going on. If there are bombs flying, people can still hear God. Um, yeah. And then the other suggestion that I saw was that with, with Jesus it was interesting, because he was doing these amazing things, but actually he was not trying to make a spectacle of himself. He often told people, go on, you know, don't tell anyone it was me. Uh, he he wasn't trying to draw attention to himself when he was healing people it was deeply personal like he he made people feel seen when he prayed for them he was he was healing them for them not so that everybody would know um but part of that was because it wasn't yet jesus's time he often said that it's not my time yet so he didn't want to just draw that attention in on himself whereas with peter Jesus has had his time. Jesus died and was raised from the dead. So Peter hasn't been trying to hide anything about Jesus. In fact, he's been trying to like, shout his name from the rooftops. So I wonder whether that kind of idea of not trying to draw attention, not trying to make a spectacle, maybe doesn't fit here. So I don't know what the answer is, really. There's, there's a couple of different reasons why he might have done that. But what I found comforting was as, as I thought about it and as I was reading about it, Is the fact that, like, when you look at Jesus' miracles, nearly every single one was different. He did really different things each time. Like one time, he made mud with spit and dirt to heal somebody, and he didn't do that other times. And it's just that fact that Jesus, when he heals us, it's really personal. He sees us as an individual, and and it's the the truth that the Bible is not a textbook. I loved when I read a while ago, and it really helps me to understand the Bible that somebody said that the Bible is not a theological book it's not a well it's not a um a philosophical book, but it is a practical book. It talks about things that really happened, and when we read it, like it can help us to understand things that are going on right now, but it 's not like we can lift up this formula and put it down on our in our lives if you utter these words and shake your hands in this way, then it's going to work. That's not how it works with God. Um, we need to know Him. And it's like something that I spoke on a few weeks ago. We're, we're not learning a formula. We're not getting to know a formula. We're getting to know a person. And it's all about being in communion with Him. And He'll lead. And so when I first, The reason I've read the passage today in the ESV version is when I read it the first time, when I was preparing for today, I really noticed how many times it says to raise up. He rose up to, to rise. Um, and it's not the same in every single uh, translation. But I like the way um, he tells Aeneas to rise in this, in this translation. And it says that he raised up Dorcas. And, of course, that's get you th- that gets you thinking about the resurrection. You know, Jesus, who has been raised from the dead. Um, and, of course, like, with Dorcas, that similarity is is right there, it's, quite, it's more obvious. But she's very much like Lazarus, though, in that she has been raised from the dead, but she will die again of old age, if nothing else. She hasn't been resurrected into her new eternal body, the way that Jesus has, but it is, it's a foretaste of what we're all going to get in the end, which is new bodies and a new heaven and a new earth. Um, and I was just thinking as I was reading it um, about the fact that, raising someone from the dead and somebody being healed from paralysis just feels really normal and not particularly exciting after all the stuff that's come before in the book of Acts But um, I was just thinking about the fact that you know if Jesus has been resurrected that's set such a high bar of what to expect if that's possible everything is possible um, and these kind of healings they're, they're kind of run of the mill after that and I was thinking about how when we first started looking at Acts, you know, I, I mentioned this, that Acts is such a great book for us because it is the story of the believers after Jesus died and rose again. But we are part of that st- same story still. We are the believers after Jesus died and rose again. He's opened all those same doors for us. Um, and, you know, that sometimes we can tidy up our faith a little bit, but actually our faith is based on, it's nothing if it's not based on, Supernatural truths and miracles. So there is that, that um, it is important for us not to kind of dull that down. It's Im- important for us to expect and embrace these kind of things with God because He is able to do it all. But I do also like the fact that in passages like this, you get a glimpse of the normal every day as well. And then it's not one or the other, actually, it's both together. Um, you know, you have people like Dorcas who are just living a very ordinary life, but she is touching people's lives for God. Um, and I, rem- it was remi- I was reminded of Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, where it says, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I just feel that this, this passage helps us to remember that there is room for the supernatural in our lives, but there's also room for the normal, everyday slog of doing good, whether it's recognized or not. And whether we are living lives where we are completely devoted to God you know, as our job, or whether we are doing a normal job, we can do all of it for the glory of God, and uh, it's all precious to God. I'll just finish with a prayer. Yeah, God, I I just want to thank you again for what a personal God you are and that you know us each one as individuals. I thank you that you didn't give us a throw ten commandments at us and expect us to work it out on our own, that you want to walk alongside us every day and show us um, the way to go. I thank you that you are a God of surprises. I thank you also, God, that you're a God of faithfulness. And some days we will be doing the same thing all the time, some some years some years we will see amazing things. We want more of you, God. But thank you that you know what you are doing and you will lead us in the right way. And just Lord, help us to just entwine our lives and our hearts with you, no matter what we're doing. Amen.